A new era of Notre Dame football is here. Tonight, Marcus Freeman begins his journey as the Notre Dame football coach in a hostile environment on the road at his alma mater, Ohio State, in a top five matchup. But the odds makers are not giving Notre Dame much of a shot. No, I'm going to write that down. You said 17 and a half points, right? We'll use that in the team meeting today, you know. Um, it's good to know. So how do the Irish pull it off tonight? We break it down for you. Plus, Marcus Freeman isn't the only one with strong ties to his opponent tonight. Ohio State staff member Riley Jeffers attended Marion High School just 15 minutes from Notre Dame. His late dad, Jeff, the most respected TV reporter to ever cover the Irish. Faith, family, football. A conversation with Riley Jeffers you won't want to miss. All on the season debut of Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. From South Bend, Indiana, in the shadows of the Golden Dome, Spoke Street Media and Redeemer Radio Sports bring you Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. You already share their values, why not share in their benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, it's time to get you caught up on all things Irish. Here's John Brock and Angelo DiCarlo. What a way to kick off the season. At 7.30 p.m., the fifth-ranked Irish usher in a new era with a new head coach in Marcus Freeman and a new starting quarterback in Tyler Buckner. But the stakes in this one are massive as Notre Dame is on the road at number two, Ohio State, led by quarterback C.J. Stroud and a star-studded cast at wide receiver. The Buckeyes have their eyes on a national championship this season, and anything short would be considered a massive letdown in Columbus. So clearly the expectations for those that cheer on Ohio State is a decisive win over the Irish. Notre Dame hoping to spoil those plans and give former Buckeye great Marcus Freeman an incredible win over his alma mater for his first ever win as the head coach at Notre Dame. Welcome to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, Notre Dame FCU, where you bank does matter. I'm Angel DiCarlo, so glad to be with you this morning. Today's show marks our fifth season of Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays on 95.7 FM in Michiana, our third year on 106.3 FM in Fort Wayne, and we have a new audience joining us this season. Today is our first show on Iowa Catholic Radio, so welcome to all those listening in Des Moines this morning. My wife is a University of Iowa alum, so I already feel a connection there to all of you. Kevin Downey, my co-host for the last four years has stepped aside he has nine kids good catholic man and uh saturdays are full of driving around to a billion di different soccer games so he's got new duties to attend to attend to i'd like to welcome in former marion high school quarterback john brock to the co-host chair john a senior at notre name has been a part of our broadcast team for high school sports for the last few few years very tuned in on all things football here in the michigan area especially at Notre Dame, where he is a student, filled in on the show before as well. John, welcome aboard, and what a first game to be a part of here with Notre Dame-Ohio State tonight. Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited. I mean, there there couldn't be a better way to start for me out on this show, but for Notre Dame's season this year, I mean, a top-five matchup in Week 1 at Ohio State, I mean... The, the, the scripts, uh, they don't get better than that. You couldn't have written it better. You almost you almost forget that it's Marcus Freeman's first game. It's Tyler Buckner's first game because you're like, it's Notre Dame, Ohio State. And you're getting right into the you're, – you're right into it. All the pregame stuff or the preseason stuff that you normally talk about, you're like, uh, it's game day. It doesn't matter. That, yeah. that's the, and that's the great thing, especially with – it's not even just a top five matchup. It's Notre Dame and Ohio State. You don't yeah. even have to put the numbers on it. It's two of the best football teams in the history of the sport. So I think – You'd be crazy not to be excited for this one. All right, we could go three hours today easily, but uh, we don't have the advertisers for that just yet. Uh, on tap on this morning show, our Focus on Faith interview is with South Bend native Riley Jeffers. He's on the staff at Ohio State going up against the program that he says put food in his stomach. His late dad, Jeff, my old mentor, covered the Irish forever. Jeff, as many of you know, passed away a few years ago. Riley takes us back to the emotional summer of 2010 when Jeff first had a stroke two weeks after Riley was in a very serious car crash. How Faith brought Riley through that time and made him the man he is today, ready to coach against the team he grew up cheering for. Uh, great conversation coming up 
in about 20 minutes' time. We'll, of course, break down the matchup with Ohio State today. We'll hear from the new quarterback of the Irish about this game being his debut and from Marcus Freeman on his debut coming against his alma mater. Of course, he did have that first game against Oklahoma State. Notre Dame fans trying to forget that and just trying to say, no, yes. that didn't actually happen. He didn't really get to prepare. He did it on three days' notice. He was recruiting. He didn't really happen. He's not really 0-1. He's he's 0-0. But, okay, we'll talk about well, that. That might be the mention of that game, um, other than mentioning Jim Knowles, the defense mm-hmm. coordinator from Oklahoma State now at Ohio State. All right. You can also weigh in and give your thoughts on how this game unfolds tonight. Does Ohio State win by eight or more, seven or less, or does Notre Dame win by eight or more or seven or less? Just head to my Twitter page, at Ange Carlo to cast your response. A reminder that Ohio State is 17.5 favorites in this one. <laughs> but let's start with just how huge this game is. Top five matchup. What happens tonight will shape a lot of our opinions, John, about Marcus Freeman and the state of the Notre Dame program. Again, you know, I mentioned the loss to Oklahoma State. Everyone gives the mulligan on that one. But tonight, all of a sudden, if I I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but if the odds makers are right. And, or it gets worse or even than close that. to right. Or, yeah, <laughs> and it, but or worse, it's they're really yeah. right. Yeah, and it goes forty-two seventeen Ohio State. The honeymoon might be over already, and all of a sudden everyone's like, oh. So this is a huge game, and then the flip of that is, you win, and suddenly, and well then hey. the then the expectations are just as high as they are for that Ohio State team right now, where they're going in, and if they're anything short of perfect undefeated season, uh, their whole fan base is going to be disappointed. So obviously there's a lot riding on it uh, for both sides to must win. I mean, in week one with playoff impl- implications and everything else, it's, I mean, both sides are, are feeling the pressure. But but if you win tonight, and if you're Notre Dame, you win tonight when uh, you're, you're not expected to win. You're, you're the heavy underdog, 17 and a half points spread. You win tonight to usher in Marcus Freeman and Tyler Buckner I mean, what game now, the rest of the season, do you think you're going to lose? You're going to be in that belief the rest of the way because those USC's Clemson's, that's not Ohio State on the road. Like, suddenly you're like, we well, can go undefeated here. That is true, but if you're in that locker room, the key is not to be thinking like you just said because okay, okay, if maybe, you start – Maybe not and, the locker and, room, maybe the fans, just and, the fans. And I feel like you've been around Notre Dame football long enough, and me as well, that you know they go out and they maybe win against that Ohio State. Maybe it happens. And then you come back and you have Clemson at home, and that should be one that you win. And for some reason, the team just doesn't show up as well that day, and it's a dogfight, and maybe they lose it. So – it, but either way, if you win that Ohio State game, it does give you a little leeway because maybe you drop that game. You can, If you're Notre Dame, you can lose one game and still possibly make the college football playoff. So it does give a lot of uh, a big boost to the team. All right, here's running back Chris Tyree, defensive lineman Jason Amiola, and head coach Marcus Freeman on how big this game is. Man, I mean, it's two powerhouse programs going out at week one. I mean, it's something... Some, a game that you really dream of as a child, you know, playing in those big games, playing the Saturday night football games. Um, so, yeah, just be, being able to have the opportunity to play in the big stage is uh, really exciting. A big opportunity for the program and for the, for the guys in this locker room. And obviously it's been, it's been number one on our schedule for a long time. You know, we're blessed to have a, a big opener like this. And, you know, everybody's been excited. The opportunity to go and, and play a, a great team uh, like Ohio State and, in a, uh, I'm sure to be a hostile environment uh, in Columbus, Ohio. Um, again, I said this before, but any competitor wants this. You want an opportunity to go and play against the best and see. There's no better way to see where we're at as a as a football team than to go and say, okay, let's go play one of the best teams in the country and uh, let's see where we're at. That is Chris Tyree, then Jason Adamiola, and then finally Marcus Freeman as. Here we go, ready to go, and let's get through some injury updates because this is the big one. Jarrett Parrison, All-American offensive lineman, questionable for tonight um, as of Thursday. (laughs) You know, that didn't improve. Maybe he's fine, but, I mean, he was in a cast. He was on a, uh, you know, I just don't know. How how ready he's going to be, and that makes a big difference if they don't have him against Ohio State. Yeah, and he he's not just a, a great blocker, but he also is a leader on that offensive line, and that's something that is huge. Uh, not just for the, the, the offense and the team, but for that offensive line, you go up to the line of scrimmage, maybe you have a new guy here or there and, and working their way in, and he's that guy who can lean over to him and say, oh, here's where you're supposed to go. 
you got this, let's go. And that's really what's been a key for this Notre Dame offensive line and why they've been a top-ranked offensive line for so long is because they have that that leadership constantly growing throughout the program and just a lot of great players. But they got to hope that that leadership is spread to some of those other guys and they can work in without Patterson. Now, the the good news, Logan Diggs, Deion Colsey, and Joe Wilkins in position to play tonight, according to Marcus Freeman, but... How much are they in position? I don't know. Logan Diggs coming off the injury. I'm not sure. Deion Colsey, Joe Wilkins have missed a lot of time. Notre Dame's wide receiver depth is lacking to begin with. They need Logan Diggs at running back. But again, how much can he go against this? And, Ohio and State even team? if he can go 100% right now, I mean, at earlier practices, we saw he was slow over the summer. He was in the red shirt for a lot of practices. And while he may have been practicing all this week full go, I mean, that hurts you not having all that time in the offseason. Okay, meanwhile, Al Golden, the new defensive coordinator for Notre Dame, has his hands full. Ohio State loaded on offense. Quarterback C.J. Stroud, Heisman hopeful, gave teammates a $500 gift card for all suits (laughs) this week. So uh, he's got his NILDs. That that shows you he's a big deal, right? If he can give away basically $500,000 to his teammates. Well, it's not like five teammates. I mean, that's like 700 guys. Yeah, that's 100 guys, you know. I'm sure he gave it to the walk-ons too. Yeah, that's true. Those are the guys that need the 500. (laughs) So uh, last year, look at these numbers. 317 completions on 441 attempts. That's 72%. He threw for 4,435 yards. That's 370 yards per game. 44 touchdowns, only six interceptions. I I don't even think I truly comprehend that. And I mean, 72%, that's top five in the nation at quarterback. And he's coming back with a really strong offense around him again. And he's second in, in yards per pass last year. And so he's it's just consistency and great athletic ability. All right, uh, he does lose, you know, number one, round one draft picks in Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, but he's got this guy named Jackson Smith and Jingbo back. Uh, he was pretty good. Rose Bowl, 15 catches, 347 yards and three touchdowns. Last five games of the season, here's what he averaged. 12 catches a game, 192 yards per game, and he had six of his nine touchdowns on the season in the last five games of last season. So he's really, really good. He may have lost a, a couple of great uh, draft picks, but he's getting a couple more in. And obviously we don't know for sure at this point, but yeah, I mean, uh, setting some Rose Bowl records, that's nothing to blink at. So he's still got an all-star cast around him that, who knows, may be able to prove that they're better than the past. So you can't really count anything with the losses. And then his number two wide receiver, you know, didn't have much numbers last year, but his name is Marvin Harrison. <laughs> so he's got the name. it's, it's, Papa's Papa's Jr. is ready to go with a former Colt great, Syracuse great, Marvin Harrison Jr. now at Ohio State. So you know he's going to be good. And then the running back is Travion Henderson, 1,248 yards rushing last year, 15 touchdowns, uh, high-end offensive line, really good. Here's Marcus Freeman on Notre Dame's mindset and their keys to the game here tonight against Ohio State. We have to have a mindset that we want to be able to establish a run game offensively. You know, but but with the thought process that having a run game offensively opens up so many different um, options in terms of pass games, in terms of other things offensively. But I think we have to have the ability to establish a run game, um, take care of the football, um, be disciplined in what we're doing defensively. Um, it's the same mindset we want to be attacking. We got to be a uh, multiple different fronts, multiple different looks. But again, it's the ability defensively to stop the run. You know, if you can't stop the run defensively, you're opening up so many different areas in terms of being vulnerable to the offense. And special teams, we, we got to be superior in our special teams play. And, and that's a challenge that I put on Coach Mason, our special teams coordinator, and our, all of our special teams unit. Marcus Freeman on Notre Dame's kids game. John, simply put, can Notre Dame win in the trenches here today as Marcus Freeman says they have to? Well, I think you look at it and, you know, you think, well, Notre Dame's always got a good offensive line. Mm-hmm. And they've got a great defensive line returning this year. Some fantastic all-stars like Foskey. And you think, yeah, they've got a good shot at winning in the trenches. But, I mean, Ohio State's got some good guys, too. They've got Zach Harrison coming back. He was fantastic last year. And then they've got JT Tuamaloa, who's an incoming, highly rated uh, recruit that they have a lot of expectations for. So it's not a given that Notre Dame can win in the trenches. And their offensive line, especially without Jarrett Patterson, is going to have a lot of work to do. They might not be able to win in the trenches, but they have to because they they can't win on the perimeter. I mean, they're not – 
they, Notre Dame's wide receiver, they don't have Jackson Smith and Jigba. They don't have Marvin Harrison Jr. And they don't have C.J. Stroud. I'm not taking away from Tyler Buckner. He may turn into a great quarterback. I don't know if we're going to see that tonight. Well, and on both sides of the ball, they have to win inside because on offense, they need to create a run game to draw those linebackers in to create more space. And then on defense, they they need extra hands out there against those wide receivers or else C.J. Stroud, the leading Heisman candidate, is going to show why he is the leading Heisman candidate. And we mentioned Tyler Buckner taking the reins at quarterback. His first career start uh, is going to come tonight against Ohio State. Uh, takes over for Jack Cohn. Of course, Buckner had some experience last year, was in a specialty role, 298 yards pass. 60% completion percentage, three touchdowns, three interceptions. That's a little worrisome that he didn't have that many pass attempts and he had three interceptions. He is, of course, brings that run game, 46 rushes for 336 yards. Here's Buckner pretty candid about all that's in play in his first career start tonight. You know, I think there's um, a lot of emotions. You know, it's my uh, first start playing at Ohio State night game. You know, I think I would be lying if I said there wasn't a little bit of, you know, nerves. Um, I think that's pretty normal, pretty human. Um, I'm definitely really excited. You know, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to, you know, my family coming out and uh, watching me play and, you know, some relatives who haven't seen me play in a while. So I'm looking forward to that. And, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, our offense going out there and, you know, really just playing, um, you know, all the hard work we've been doing this offseason. Tyler, what are one or two things in your life and your career that have prepared you for Saturday night? first thing that comes to mind is probably the Virginia Tech game. Um, I'd say that's the most similar experience I've had uh, in my life. And then, you know, I'd say, you know, every single rep of every game or practice I've done playing football, because at the end of the day, you know, we go to the place and, you know, as Coach Freeman would say, you know, the field's 53 and a third by 120. And, you know, I'm just there and we're playing ball. So I'd say every snap and every rep I've gotten is the thing that's prepared me the most. Saturday night, 7.30 rolls around. What are people going to see on the field from Tyler Buckner? You know, hopefully they see, uh, you know, Katie's having fun and, uh, you know, operating at a high level and, you know, encouraging his teammates. Um, I'll try to be, you know, the best leader I can and, you know, support those guys in the field around me and hopefully we can execute and uh, come up with a win. That is Tyler Buckner, Notre Dame starting quarterback. I loved how he didn't shy away from like, hey, this is a crazy way to start my first start to be at Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, I loved how honest he was. I think that's something we honestly need more of in these interviews. But uh, at the same time, he needs to also know that he can't show those nerves when he walks into the stadium sure. tonight. I mean, you can have the nerves, but he can't have a slow start. He can't have any nerves. There's no room for that in Ohio. Can he... Can he succeed tonight? Obviously, he's got that guy named Michael Mayer, who I don't know how open he's going to be. They might be. They might put four guys on Michael Mayer to prevent him from getting the ball. <laughs> Look, we know that Michael Mayer had 71 receptions last year, the most for a tight end in Notre Dame history. But Ohio State, Ohio State also <laughs> knows that. And so that's the problem for Mayer and Buckner being able to find him. Uh, so Notre Dame's really going to need to get someone else open, someone else to be successful, and that run game to su be successful if they're going to not want Mayer double or even triple teamed all night long. And the run game again, Chris Tyree, very good receiver out of the backfield. Can he be a runner put on about 10, 15 pounds so he's a little stronger? And then... I think we think Logan Diggs is going to be a great player, but is he ready to go off the injury? Audrey Estime, is he at that level yet against an Ohio State? We'll see, and we know the weakness is clearly the wide receivers group. Doesn't mean Lorenzo Styles. I'm sure he's going to be real motivated in this game. You know, his dad is a former Ohio State great. His little brother is a safety for Ohio Across State. Across the so. field from him. So uh, he's going to be motivated, to say the least, and that could be very positive. We saw great things from him against Oklahoma State. They just don't have the depth at wide receiver that you would like. And they don't, and the, the scary thing for Notre Dame fans at wide receiver is, I mean, you're one, two injuries away from possibly having walk-ons rotating into this game. So the depth at wide receiver is scary. And then obviously at running at running back, you, you have some potential there. Tyree, you said put on weight. I mean, that's a big deal if you want to get forward. And then I think 
uh, you should be excited to see what Estimate can do and if that pans out. But they're going to need a lot of things clicking to make something happen. Irish Sports Saturdays is partially underrated by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, serving the Notre Dame family for more than 80 years. The Notre Dame FCU mobile app is like having a branch at your fingertips 24-7. You already share their values. Why not share in their benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Coming up, we'll dive deeper into the many connections between Notre Dame and Ohio State. Marcus Freeman explains if he will have emotions going back to his alma mater, plus a powerful interview with Marion High School Alum Riley Jeffers, a staff member at Ohio State. This is a Focus on Faith interview you won't want to miss. It's coming up in our next segment. Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays is back right after this. With Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, our online banking and mobile app are like having a branch right at your fingertips and with everything you need to use and manage your accounts 24-7. Hi, I'm Diane Freeby of Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, inviting you to enjoy better banking where and when you want. Features include bill pay, money transfer, budgeting, early payday program, and much more. Check us out today at NotreDameFCU.com to learn more. Insured by NCUA. Again, I'm, I'm pretty, um, right now, emotionless about going back to Ohio State, but more it's like about the emotions you have. It's like, man, we get to go play a great team. Right? You get to go play in a, a great hostile environment, you know, and, and that's, that's to me where the emotion, okay, like any competitor, you get those butterflies, you get that excitement about going into a, a place like that and going to compete um, against a great program like Ohio State. That's Notre Dame football coach and Ohio State alum Marcus Freeman saying it's not about him returning to Ohio State, but about how great of a matchup this is for his debut in his first regular season game as head coach. But emotionless? Not sure I could buy that one, John. Uh, he'd have to be crazy to be emotionless uh, heading into this one. Someone going back to where you know he made his memories there. He made... It really, at the start of his career there, he'd have, I mean, there's no way he's emotionless. We're kind of getting the opposite of what Tyler Buckner was, being yeah. fully fully <laughs> vulnerable with us in the interview, and now Marcus Freeman pretending like it means nothing to him. Yeah, Marcus Freeman started 37 games as a linebacker at Ohio State from 2004 to 2008, taking over now for Brian Kelly. By the way, it's 924. 920- 9.25 or 25 minutes into the show, and that's the first time I said Brian Kelly's name. Kind of <laughs> a little weird thinking about that now for a second. Um, but, you know, Notre Dame was 54-10 and 10 in the last five years, including five straight 10-win seasons. So Marcus Freeman being set up for success here. And for him, the positive is he, you know, he's coached against his alma mater at Ohio Stadium before. He did it while an assistant at Purdue, and then most recently while defensive coordinator for Cincinnati in 2019. So at least that is a good way to get going, but the spotlight's not on him in those games. Now it's more on him as the head coach. Yeah, it's definitely a different situation when you're leading the team on the sideline in that stadium in front of 100,000 fans. Uh, but I'd say at Cincinnati, when he came in there with them, they were a good team that year, and that was a highly touted matchup as well. So it, it still gives really good preparation for him uh, in that respect. All right, support for Irish Sports Saturdays comes from Tire Rack. Tire Rack also underrates our internship program with students from our two Michiana Catholic high schools, St. Joseph and Marion. The students receive practical college-level internship experience and class credit as they help out with our broadcasts of high school football and basketball. More tires, great prices tireac.com. There are tons of Ohio State and Notre Dame connections. I don't know if I have time to read these all, but real quick, I'm going to just rattle them off. Ohio State Athletic Director Gene Smith played on the night... On the 73 national title team at Notre Dame. Senior advisor to Ryan Day, Keenan Bailey, Notre Dame alum. Ohio State linebacker and Captain Tommy Eichenberg. You may recognize that name, Eichenberg. His brother was former Notre Dame offensive lineman Liam Eichenberg. We mentioned Lorenzo Styles, Sonny Styles, a freshman safety. Their dad played at Ohio State. Notre Dame grad assistant, James Laurinaitis, was a star at Ohio State. Notre Dame defensive line coach, Al Washington, coached at Ohio State last year. Special teams coach, Brian Mason. Grad assistant at Ohio State to start. Ohio State running backs coach Tony Alford was an Irish assistant for six years under Charlie Weiss and Brian Kelly. While at Notre Dame, Tony got to know Jeff Jeffers, my longtime mentor at WNDU and the most recognizable TV reporter to ever cover the Irish for 40 years. While getting to know Jeff, Tony met Jeff's son, Riley. Last year, Tony hired Riley as an assistant on offense for Ohio State. 
Riley Jeffers, a Marion High School alum, grew up just 15 minutes from Notre Dame. He was around the Irish all the time with his dad, grew up a huge fan. His dad, while unbiased mostly, as a reporter, perhaps the biggest Notre Dame fan I've ever met. Jeff died a few years ago. Boy, do we all wish we could be interviewing him today about how proud he is of Riley and also ask this important question. Who would Jeff be rooting for right now? (laughs) Uh, But Riley has some thoughts on that. A moving and powerful conversation with a 28-year-old I've known since he was a kid. Yeah, I'm real biased in this interview. It's Faith Family Football. Here's Focus on Faith with Riley Jeffers. All right, Riley, uh, I know ever since you jumped on board at Ohio State last year, this game against Notre Dame has been circled on your calendar. Now that it's game week, how surreal or maybe how real does it feel? Uh, It feels very real. Uh, It's been a long time coming. You know, you try to focus on just the next game and the the task at hand. But, you know, growing up in South Bend, Indiana, and and the situation that I did, uh, you know this game is special, especially when it's – two great programs at a, at a time in their existence where they're, they're both operating at a high level and first came back in the shoe for a, a brand new season. I mean, what a special moment. Growing up, can you put in perspective how big of a Notre Dame football fan you were? Um, I think uh, it's tough to do because you got to take into consideration that given my father's profession, um, without the University of Notre Dame and uh, Notre Dame football specifically, I don't exist as a human being. <laughs> um, you know, my dad would never never have moved to South Bend, Indiana, never have met my mom, um, started our family if it weren't for Notre Dame football. And then moving forward from that, you know, I got to go to school and have a good and warm house over my head and clothes on my back and a, a warm belly from food because of my dad's work with Notre Dame football. Uh, so to say it was uh, just a simple fan experience, I think, is an incredible understatement. Um, I, I grew up around that program. It means, uh, you know, those those memories I have mean a great deal. Uh, it, it formed my childhood and a lot of um, my psyche that I have today and including my love of the game of football. It, it all started in that town and uh, because of that school and my dad's involvement. You know, your road to Ohio State, both personally and professionally, certainly wasn't easy. You talk about all those things. You had great advantages of who your dad was, but the road <laughs> wasn't. Take us back to the summer of 2010. Yeah, so the summer of 2010 is kind of when it uh, kick-started it all, I guess you could say. Um, so two days before two-a-days started in my junior year, um, which anybody who knows football is the probably the most important year in terms of just getting recruited and your development as a player. And, you know, that penultimate year is huge. Uh, and, you know, I was in a, involved in a head-on car accident right before the season started, and I uh, had a 30-centimeter gash in my leg, a, a torn PCL, internal bleeding. And for all intents and purposes, I'm, I'm very lucky to be alive. Uh, they had to use Jaws of Life to get me out, and I was in the hospital for eight days. Uh, very, very lucky given that situation. You know, and then you fast forward two weeks later as I'm on demand and you know, everything's coming back clean. And honestly, I was incredibly fortunate. It probably should have been much worse. Uh, two weeks later, my, my father has a stroke uh, right before the first Notre Dame game. So that would have been the uh, third week of the high school football season. And, you know, that's kind of when uh, my life and my family's life all changed at that moment. And my dad had a stroke and, you know, he rehabbed and came back from there. But that's that's kind of where the difficult road started. And, um, but the the game of football was always there as a constant whether it be me getting back on the field as, as a goal and, and something to train for or my dad getting back on the sidelines to do tv and radio that he loves so much the game of football really was a driving force um, not just in our everyday life but you know in terms of a greater meaning and then you mix that in with a lot of faith and a lot of tested faith and you know it really goes back to that 2010 summer you mentioned tested faith. You grew up as a parishioner at St. Matthew's Cathedral. I know your parents instilled that Catholic faith in you. How much did your faith help you get through all those difficult years? Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely paramount that I had my faith because when you're a 16-year-old kid in a hospital bed right before the, his favorite time of year playing football, you kind of scream out to God internally of, you know, how could this happen to me? Um, why, what did I do to deserve this? And uh, you come back to your faith of realizing God always has a plan and it truly is the obstacle is the way. 
Um, without that moment, I'm probably not where I am, where I am today. And without the resiliency that I've had for myself or, you know, my family coming back from such difficult strugg struggles of myself and my father, um, both very sick at the same time, um, without my faith in God and the Catholic faith at Marion High School that supported me so well, and the foundation of St. Matt's and St. Anthony's that really uh, developed my faith from a scholastic standpoint, uh, I, I don't know where I'd be at. It, it was always having God and um, the faith of the Blessed Mother at Marion High School. Um, those things really keep you driving because without them, you, you're stuck in a wasteland of self-doubt and pity and sorrow. But through grace and, and, and through belief in the Lord that you can overcome all these things, it, it really did lead me through it. And eventually you got back on the field at Marion. Many thought, including did, yourself, yeah. uh, that it wasn't going to happen. You, you And you finished your career out strong. How much did you learn from Coach Reggie Glan during that time uh, that has helped you along the way and just that experience of being able to, to play football after you really didn't know if it was going to happen again? Yeah, I, I don't know if there's a single individual responsible for my upbringing more than Reggie Glan. I mean, that goes back to me being a four-year-old on the sideline, getting to be a ball boy or water boy, or really just being around the game. So he fostered that environment for me. And I don't know if there's anybody uh, that I would have rather had or, or the Lord knew I needed by my side at that moment more than Reggie Glan. You know, during that season when I didn't know if I was going to play ever again, you know, at, at first, not knowing how bad it was, uh, Reggie handed me a clipboard and handed me a polo instead of a helmet and shoulder pads. And he goes, all right, I'm going to teach you how to coach. And he sat me down in his office and he started to teach me through, you know, how you break down blitzes and break down defensive fronts. And he gave me a purpose during a time where I didn't, my, my purpose had disappeared. You know, my identity was so wrapped up in being a football player and being a high performer and, and that disappeared. But Reggie gave me that purpose still. And, and he kept me involved. And he, he, he always gave me the phrase that he gives every football team that at the end of the season that, you know, when you lose that playoff game, the sun's going to come up tomorrow. Um, no matter what you do, the sun's going to come up, um, no matter how bad it seems. And and so Reggie Glan just being that backbone there, and again, with the faith that he instilled in me and his program, uh, man, I am eternally grateful. We are talking with Marion alum and South Bend native Riley Jeffers, son of the late great Jeff Jeffers, sportscaster at WNDU for more than 40 years, covering Notre Dame football. Riley now on the staff at Ohio State as they get set to face Notre Dame in the season opener. This is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. 2012 rolls around. You're suddenly a walk-on on the Kansas football team under Charlie Weiss. You're a long snapper, and out of nowhere, here you are getting the chance to long snap right out of the gate. And on that same day, your dad is in the broadcast booth in Ireland broadcasting Notre Dame's game against Navy. And, you know, we all know your dad had his struggles post-stroke when he came back on the air. That day, if you were listening, you didn't know he had, a, he had previously had a stroke. He was awesome. Where does that day rank for you in terms of all-time memories that you both got to shine in the game in college football at the same time? Uh, I mean... It's probably just right up there, if not at the top. Um, you know, I, I, I went to Kansas, given my relationship with Charlie Weiss. And, and if we're being frank, he, he probably took a little bit of pity on me, just knowing I wanted to keep playing and having a South Bend connection there for him and, and, and his son, Charlie. Um, and then, you know, getting the opportunity to long snap and just kind of being a, you know, a role player on the scout team. And then the guy that I uh, – took over for had, you know, unfortunately got into DUI that night. And so I got to start because of a suspension and, you know, halfway around the world, my father also gets to do a global radio broadcast because of another suspension from a former Notre Dame broadcaster. Um, you know, if you, you, if you did that in a movie, it would seem made up, uh, <laughs> two, two incredible returns, um, each in their own right with each person doing exactly what they wanted to do in that moment. I don't, there was no place I'd rather be than, than on that field playing for the Kansas Jayhawks. And there's no place my dad would rather be than in the broadcast booth with, with Don Crickey doing a Notre Dame game playing the Naval Academy. It's just an incredible moment and something that we'll always cherish. And it, it was a great little, uh, I won't say it's an ending, but it was a great little continuation of the story. You know, for some reason, the Indiana sportscaster and sports writers waited forever to induct your dad into the Hall of Fame. Uh, finally happened this past summer. I mean, you gave an awesome speech, uh, amazing speech in your dad's honor. 
I know he was proud of you. We all were proud of you. What did it mean to you to be able to give that speech? You know, it meant the world. When you think about, you know, how many people get that honor? There's a lot of eulogies that go on and a lot of eulogies that take place and people do a great job memorializing people they love. But to do it in such a fashion where my dad is having the great honor of going into the Hall of Fame in the state where he dedicated his career. Uh, and for me to get a chance to do that, um, it allowed me to say a lot of things I've, I've wanted to for many years and, and give honor to his career. And, and you know, it, it makes me laugh back to times when uh, I was at St. Anthony's or St. Matt's and I was I volunteered most of the time to uh, read the uh, liturgy at, at school mass and my dad would, you know, drill me on, on, on whatever the scripture was and make sure I presented it and, and performed the, um, performed at the lecture in the, in, in the correct way. And, you know, he took public speaking, obviously very seriously given his career. And it was those little training moments that uh, it kind of felt like it all led up to that. Uh, so very thankful. And it was, it really was a sweet cherry on top that I got to do that for him. And I, I'm sure he would have loved it. I'm sure he also would have said, uh, shut the hell up, stop talking about me. Um, but it was, it was an absolutely unbelievable moment. For those just tuning in, if you are wondering why Angela is so biased in this interview, uh, yes, I am very biased in this interview because we're talking with Riley Jeffers, Marion alum, and the son of my old mentor at WNDU, the man that uh, helped shape me into the man I am too. I knew this was going to happen. You're doing better than I am. Uh, late, great Jeff <laughs> Jeffers. Uh Hey, uh, Riley, when did you know coaching was going to be the path for you? Because I remember there were days when you were a teenager when you're like, nah, you know, I'm going to be a sportscaster with you guys. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny. Growing up, everybody as a kid wants to be, you know, the starting quarterback and the Heisman Trophy winner. And I thought I was going to grow up and, and do that and, you know, be this great athlete playing the NFL or Major League Baseball. And then, you know, I think my dad in the background knew my uh, genetic capabilities a little bit more than I did. <laughs> And uh, he always put the bug in my ear of, you know, I think you're a coach. I think you're a coach. I, I think you are. And I was like, no, I want to be a player. And, of course, he, he encouraged me to do that. And, you know, as you get older and uh, you start to think about career opportunities and obviously broadcasting is something I, I love dearly. And, but then you also think about, you know, just the practical solution. Should I get into finance? Should I get into real estate and bounce around that? Um, but coaching was always in the back of my head, especially uh, getting the taste of it that I did that year in high school where I was injured. And, and then my first year back home when I, I decided to move back to South Bend because my dad was so sick and Reggie Glan once again said, well, why don't you come out and coach? Um, and I, I really did just get the taste for it. I mean, there was nothing like it, being able to pour into young kids and uh, really in the back of my mind, you know, a lot of people get into this profession of coaching for ego because they want money or or fame or whatever comes with it. And, you know, a lot of those people get burned out. But I think about if I can give these young men an, an ounce of what the game of football has given me and gotten me through, then, man, that that is all worth it. So I think uh, whether I knew it or not, I would always end up a coach. It was just the path to get there that, that makes it even sweeter. You know, and people think that money comes right away and that fame comes right away and that the job's easy and it's just so much fun. But it's a long journey. You, you're not that. Yeah. You're not a teenager anymore, and you're still working your way <laughs> up the ladder quite a bit. You're at Ohio State, but you're not an assistant coach. You're an assistant to the assistant coach. You're still working your way up. Can you put in yeah. perspective how much work it takes to to, to make it? Um, it's an unbelievable amount of work. From you know taking a volunteer spot down at FAU for no money and sleeping on couches and in the office just because you wanted to do this so bad. And then when you continue to move up and, you know, you think, you know, a lot of football as a player, and then you realize you know absolutely nothing, especially when you're sitting in the same room as Lane Kiffin and Charlie Weiss Jr. Who are two just absolute geniuses when it comes to the game of football, you realize you've got a long way to go. And, you know, for, for every quick success story of someone being in the right place or wrong, right time, there's a thousand different other stories of people who've struggled and grinded through trying to rise through the coaching ranks and, and, and you know what, I, I, I'm very happy with the path I've had to take and, and continuing to grind and struggle because it makes the successes all that much more sweeter and you continue to build that re resiliency and you continue to test your faith just like 
when I was in the, my car accident in, in high school. It's the same test of faith and the same test of fortitude. And it really comes down to whatever the obstacle is in front of you, you can either run from it or, you know, the obstacle is the way. And, and by overcoming that and embracing it, you know, I, I get the opportunity to work my butt off. You know, from August 1st till, you know, New Year's, you really don't have a day off. And it takes a lot to be at the top level of college football, and I wouldn't want to have it any other way. What do you think your dad's thinking about in heaven right now, about this scenario of you coaching against Notre Dame? <laughs> yeah, I, I thought about that a little bit. I, I'm, I'm not exactly sure. I have some theories. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, his love for that university ran so deep. I, I don't think he could say he was cheering for the Buckeyes. I think he would hope, you know, me, Tony Alford, and the running backs have a really good day. Um, you, you know, I, I can't say for it, but I think deep down he, he would want to me, see me do incredibly well and knowing the time that I put in and knowing how much he cares to me. You know, what a, what a day for him. 7.30 p.m. rolls around. What's going to be going through your body considering your history with both of these programs? I'll be thinking about, all right, let's get this kickoff team or kickoff return team ready to go and, and get our offense out there and operating smoothly and don't have a false start or some dumb procedural penalty. Um, but really what's going to be going through my own mind is how do we win this football game? How do I, how do I support these players and these coaches as much as physically possible? And then uh, once that clock hits zero, then I'll think about how, how awesome this experience was. But, you know, when, when kickoff rolls around, there's a job that needs to be done and I hope we execute it and prepare for it to execute it to the absolute best of our abilities and, and come out victorious. Riley, thank you very much. Best of luck. I know there's many, many uh, Michigan residents cheering you on, but not cheering you on too much on this night. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't expect anything less. And I know people have their loyalties and I absolutely respect that. And it's going to be a hell of a game. Thanks Riles. Thanks a lot. Riley Jeffers, Marion High grad, joining us here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Uh, yeah, I can't really talk about this that much more. John, I'll let you weigh in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I got a chance to know Riley a little bit. He was helping out at Marion Coaching, actually, before he went to FAU, and then now he's at Ohio State. And uh, we de he definitely has a strong group. Uh, as he mentioned, Reggie Glan, a, a large Marion community, uh, rooting him on. Um, but, I mean – Riley's always been inspiring to me. He's he, him and his whole family. They they just do uh, great work. They're just impressive people. And and you know the last thing he said, you know, he needs to support the players and coaches today. And it's it's incredible to me because you know some people they get into football because they just have a pure love of the game. But he has that, and on top of that, he just has a pure love for other people and want to help. And I think that's just a, an amazing thing. When I heard his Hall of Fame speech for his dad in April, I was never more convinced that he's going to be a major. Division one head coach. Having that. had him as a coach, he coached me for a year at Marion and he helped out on the offense. And clearly he was a, a good coach because he's at Ohio State now. I mean, I, I've i been rooting him on since he left to go down to Florida. And I think, uh, I think he's really got a great career ahead of him. Ira Sports Saturdays is partially underwritten by Indiana Physical Therapy, serving Indiana's physical therapy needs since 1988. With 21 locations, Indiana Physical Therapy continues as an independent therapist-owned company with a heart towards patient-focused care. Indiana Physical Therapy, where people go to get better. Time for a break. When we return, it's our game day sprint to kick off. What to watch for, results from our poll question, game predictions, and our season predictions. You're listening to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays on Redeemer Radio and Iowa Catholic Radio. Hi, I'm Brady. I'm William. And I'm Murphy from St. Joseph High School. I'm Claire. And I'm Ian from Marion High School. Because of Tyrac, students like us get to test drive what it's like to be a part of the broadcasting world. We're the 2022 95-7 Sports Football Interns. Tyrac makes our program roll smoothly. Not only do we gain miles of experience, we get class credit too. For more tires and great prices, visit Tyrac.com. Thank you, Tyrac. <laughs> I told them, they got to trust me, you know, they got to trust me and that we're going to beat them up the first couple of weeks of practice. That's the only way I know. And it's what I believed it was going to take to really get this team ready to play football. But once we got to that point where I said, OK, they're ready to go. This team is is ready um, physically to play at a game level. Um, now it was smart. Now we got to be smart in terms of getting these guys that are game ready to, to get back for the game. 
That's Irish head coach Marcus Freeman. I'm working his team hard in training camp to get them ready for the season opener at Ohio State. One of the setbacks of working them hard in camp was the injury to offensive lineman. Jared Parrison questionable for tonight's game for Notre Dame's offense. And let's start right there. Notre Dame's offense versus Ohio State's defense. John, I feel like, and it's Angel DiCarlo, John Brock, Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's <laughs> Irish Sports Saturdays, our game day sprint now as we get you ready for this top five matchup. I feel if Jared Parrison's not there, that's the linchpin of that offensive line and the offense to make it really go, and that gives me great concerns against this Ohio it's, State defense. Especially with uh, your quarterback, Tyler Buckner, having his first start, you don't want that experienced lineman out of the game because if something does go a little bit wrong, that could throw off Buckner, but if you have Patterson there, it helps. And so it's definitely a, a big loss if he's not in that game, but obviously you don't want to push him. So that could be what the, the linchpin that causes it all to fall apart. And, and here's the thing. You don't know what to expect from Ohio State's defense. They were not that good last year, but it's a new defensive coordinator in Jim Knowles. You saw it against Oklahoma State, but it's, it's a talent's a little bit better, better at Ohio State than it is at Oklahoma State. So, you know, what is he going to throw at him? He also saw Notre Dame's offense. He, he saw Notre Dame's offense in the, in the last game that he coached in. So yeah. he's uh, coming off of that, his last review was of the team that he's facing now, so that makes it a little easier on him. And and a lot of people I've known or I've seen have been talking about, you know, Ohio State lost to Oregon last year in a similar type of early high-ranked matchup, but it's not quite the same because Knowles came in, he's revitaling, re revitalizing the defense, and I think that'll make a big difference. Support for Irish Sports Saturdays comes from Tony Letcher of Health Markets, Tony a parishioner at Quinnipiac Catholic Church in Mishawaka, and a licensed insurance agent. His services include Medicare, family or individual health insurance or life insurance. His number is 855-776-2438. His website, tletcher.com. Okay, let's move ahead now to the other side of the ball. C.J. Stroud will be a handful, along with Jackson Smith and Jigba in the pass game. But as we heard earlier from Marcus Freeman, it starts with the run game. Here's Freeman and Jason Adamiola. If you don't stop the run, right, they'll run it all day long. And so the ability to stop the run is most important. And then, yeah, we know they're, they're very talented in throwing the ball. Um, but it, it's the mindset. If you can't stop the run, they can throw it, they can run it, they can do whatever they want to do, and we have to be able to stop the run. Ever since Coach Freeman said that, you know, I made it my mission. You feel me? Like, I'm on a mission. Whether uh, I, I carry myself like that. Like, it's more than football. Like, I'm on a drill. Like, he didn't say stop the run. So that's what, I'm, like, that's what we're going to do, stop the run. You know, like, he made it loud and clear. Like, we, we, got, we got stuff we need to do. And if you're going to write it down, that's the head man. We're going to follow his lead. So uh, we on a drill. We on a mission. Maybe we got to make Jason Adamiola future head coach because <laughs> he's got me ready to go. I think I think he's got me convinced that they might be able to stop to run the way he's talking there. Um, can they can obviously they have to stop the run, but can they yeah. stop? How how do they stop Ohio State's offense? Well, I, I mean, first, they, they do have to stop the run. They have to have Foskey, Adamiola, everyone firing on all senders. But it's not just that. They need Joseph, who's new coming into the defense, has yeah. experience, but new coming in. They need him to be a leader in the defensive backs because, yeah, once you stop that run, which Adamiola has us believing they can, you need the, the pass game to slow down too. If Notre Dame wins tonight, how do they do it? Well, I think they have to limit big plays. They can't let C.J. Stroud be passing it downfield for a 15-second, 100-yard touchdown pass. I mean, you can't have that, and they need to, no wasted offense, no wasted time on offense. That's the key. Every drive, they need to put points on the board. Even if it's just a field goal, Buckner needs to get them down the field, and they need to find the way to the end zone. You mentioned field goals. They need to hold Ohio State to field goals. They do They're going to move the ball, and you know it, it, the old cliche, bend, don't break, they need to let them – if they bend, okay, let them get into the 20, and then that that shrinks the field a little bit and force them into those field goals, and hopefully they can't throw the 70-yard bomb now yeah. because they're at the 15, yeah. and that happens. And then they got to – I think they have to win the turnover battle. And I don't know if they will because uh, 44 touchdowns, six interceptions for C.J. Stroud – 35 pass attempts, three interceptions for Tyler Buckner a year ago. Those numbers don't sound like it's going to work in your favor, but they have to. And I think Notre Dame might have to be plus two to have a chance in this one. Well, yeah, and I mean, you got to hope that Buckner improved from that that performance with three interceptions and gets to a level, maybe not quite Stroud, but an improved level. All right, we got two minutes left. So here's our poll question. What happens tonight? 275 votes in. ND wins by eight or more, got only 7% of the vote. Ohio State wins by seven or less, only got 16% of the vote. 
We got the homers outs. ND wins by seven or less, 30%. And, I mean, it's mostly Notre Dame fans voting here. Ohio State wins by eight or more, 47%. In the end, 63% of our voters said Ohio State's winning this game. And that's just, I think that's the feeling around anyone in the country is that Ohio State's, I think the Irish fans think that Notre Dame will be within maybe the seven points, but I think everyone knows. I mean, obviously there's a 17 and a half point spread, so a, a lot of favor going to the Buckeyes. All right, how does this one play out? What's your your prediction for the game? You know, I think Notre Dame's going to be able to hang in it for a little bit, but I, I ultimately agree with a lot of the fans. I don't think they're going to pull it out. I think Ohio State's going to end up winning 34-20. Uh, to 20. Thirty-four to twenty. We're in, we're in similar situations here. I'm gonna, but you you have Ohio State. Co- or no, thirty-four twenty. You have 14. not quite covering. No, less both, than you actually. Yeah, I think. actually, uh, <laughs> I got Ohio State winning thirty-eight twenty-three. I think it's similar. I get a little concerned if Ohio State wins the toss, goes right downfield, scores right away. Buckner yeah. goes three and out because it's getting used to it. The nerves, and, as he mentioned, and then all of a sudden it's fourteen nothing, and then it might turn into a blowout. Yeah, I think Notre Dame needs the ball first. Needs to at least they don't have to necessarily score, but they need like a positive thing going in that yes. first drive, and then we go from there. Um, all right, what's your prediction on their record in the regular season? Well, there's so much up in the air right now; it's hard to, to pick. But I think they they lose this first one, especially if it goes the wrong way with a blowout. I think things could spiral a little bit, especially if USC and Clemson end up being as good teams as they think uh, they will be. I think it might be a nine and three season. Okay, I'm going with ten and two. You think more likely nine and three or a 11 and 1. Guy, ooh, I debated that for a long time, but I think more likely uh more likely 9 and 3. It's 11 and 1 is a great possibility though. I don't know I don't think it's going to be 10 and 2 though. I I, uh, I I think it goes one way or the other. Uh, we'll see. I think 10 and 2. I think the loss today and then either to Clemson or Ohio State. All right, that'll do it for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, Notre Dame FCU, where Bank does matter. Thanks to our audio operator today, Joe Ander, with assistance from Zach Smith for John Brock. I'm Angel DiCarlo. Notre Dame and Ohio State in prime time tonight, a 7.30 kickoff on ABC. And we'll, of course, be back with you next Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central, here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. We close our show the same way the Irish traditionally close their pregame in prayer. Hi, this is Father Nate Wills. I'm a Holy Cross priest, a faculty member at Notre Dame's Alliance for Catholic Education, and one of the chaplains to the Notre Dame football team. This is a prayer that the players pray together at the end of our pregame mass. Let us pray. Grant, we beseech you, O Lord our God, that we may enjoy continual health of mind and body, and by the glorious intercession of Mary Our Lady, May we accept the joys and trials of this life and someday enter into eternal happiness. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Go Irish! This has been a presentation of Spoke Street Media and Redeemer Radio Sports. Thanks for joining us for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. You already share their values. Why not share in their benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Enjoy today's game. Listen to Redeemer Radio share September 20th through 23rd. Be inspired by stories of how our local Catholic radio station is impacting the faith lives of people across our diocese. Then become a part of that mission by lending your support. We strive to create daily encounters with Christ. Help us respond to this call and support Redeemer Radio share Tuesday, September 20th through Friday, September 23rd.